Alright guys, what's going on here? It's um, Monday morning, unfortunately, around 7 a.m. Sun's just now peeking up over the horizon here, bringing a little light to us. Oh man. You know, yesterday, first of all, it's it's October. I, You know, I feel comfortable enough with where we are in October to say that it's the middle of October. And, you know, yesterday it was fucking 90 degrees. 90 degrees, and it's October. I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing here? We're killing ourselves. But I'm not... I don't really want to get into that conversation just because as much as I do care, I don't care enough to talk about it. At least, not by myself. Well, I can have a good back and forth about that subject, about the weather and stuff, but anyway. Man, I wanted to talk about this weekend. A couple of exciting things, a couple of wild things happened. You know, obviously, the biggest ones in, in my world are the uh, UK football, the McGregor fight, and, or I should say, the Khabib fight. But McGregor did not fight well enough to for me to put his name as the title on that. But uh, the Khabib fight and Steelers game. <clears throat> so we're going to start off with, we'll go in chronological order of how they appeared and, uh, and finished. And so we'll go with UK football first. So you know last week I was saying everybody was talking, yada, yada, yada. Georgia game is going to be the biggest game in Kentucky football history. And I was like, well, we need to slow our roll because we still got to go play some good teams first. A&M was first on the list. We went down there to College Station and we took that L. But you know what? You know what? There's a lot of people talking a lot of shit about Terry Wilson. And I don't think, I think that he's taking a lot of heat for no reason, personally. No reason at all. He's taking a lot of heat. Because Terry Wilson did what he was told to do. He did his job. It was third and two. Granted, when you're the quarterback, you're the offensive captain, you gotta make the call. You gotta you're you are the you're the guy out there, you're the Don Juan, you're the man. And everybody on the sideline has a chance to call a, a timeout and stop your ass. Okay? It's they just they do. And when when you're in the game, you're the captain, you've you've got the you have the ability to say, you know what? I think they're wrong on this one. I think the coaches are wrong on this one. I'm going with my gut. I'm going with what I think is right. We're going to hand the ball off to our best player, and we're going to let him get these last two yards for us, and we're going to get a new set of downs, and we're going to drive down the fucking field and score a touchdown. That's what we're going to do. You know, you got the right to say that because you're the captain. They put the ball in your hands every single snap. The ball's going through you before it goes to anybody else. Unless you run Wildcat, which, you know, whatever. But anyway, he's a young quarterback, though. And because of that, I think that he's just going with the motion. Going with what the coaches are saying is the best thing to do. And that loss falls on Mark Stoops 
and the offensive coaching staff, you know, Eddie Grant and, you know, whoever else we got up in the booth calling plays and looking at the field and everything, that's on those guys. Did I say Eddie Grant? Eddie Grant. Those guys. That's that. The, this loss falls on them because we got a young kid who's maybe not necessarily not sure of himself, but here's the thing. As good as Terry Wilson is, and he is good, make no mistake out of it, he's a good dual-threat quarterback. He makes the right throws at the right times. He's good on his feet. He's got a level head, but he's inexperienced, and Terry Wilson is good for at least one turnover a game. One to two turnovers a game, that's what you expect out of him. And there it was. You know, right right when we didn't need it, that was his his fuck-up of the game. And it was, it was a bad one. It came at the exact wrong time. It came when we didn't need it to happen. But it happens. I mean, you know what this guy, through five games, f- through five games, we're 5-0. and oh. Granted, we've, we've won our games through defense and Benny Snell. Passing has not really been our strong suit all year. But no matter what, you could guarantee, you could pretty much guarantee Terry Wilson is going to make some smart plays. He's going to make good handoffs. He's going to block. He's going to make a few good passes. But he's going to get you at least one turnover a game. It's pretty. It's just guaranteed. That was his one turnover. But before that, before we just dive in on that and say it's his fault that we lost the game, no, we can't say that because he was put in a position to make a bad play, to throw a bad ball. He was put in a position to do that. Because that that defense was looking for a big stop. I mean, it was third and two. And they knew, A&M knew that we were dry. If we had got, if we had been able to, make, to catch a break there and go down, we were going to score and win that game. I mean, we had pretty much led the game the entire way. It was a defensive game the whole time. We scored early, like 10 minutes into the first quarter. We got seven points, and we held them until the end of the second half, or the end of the second quarter, right before halftime, and we let A&M score. And then it came all the way down to the end of the fourth quarter. They scored. We scored. Went to overtime. They scored, and and it was over. I think it went to overtime. I'm pretty sure it went to overtime. Maybe I'm thinking of another game. I don't know. But anyway, it came down to the wire is the point. That And basically it came down to whose defense was going to wear out first because the defenses were so good, we couldn't uh, – the offenses couldn't get going. The defense was playing so great on both for both squads, we couldn't get the ball going either way. We were lucky to get the points that we did. To be honest with you, <clears throat> that was a fucking real SEC football game was amazing defense and just trying to chip away, chip away at each other, you know, last guy to score wins kind of deal, and it's not like some, not like some Pac-12, you know, throw the ball as much as you can, play as fast as you can, none of that bullshit, it was just all defense, chip away, chip away, chip away, we'll score here, maybe if we get lucky, score there, maybe if we get lucky that kind of a thing and you know it was just some bad play calling and we we took the L and it is what it is but here's the thing 
I'm not sad about us. I'm, I'm sad about us losing that game because really we should have won. As good as we played, even though we were losing, we were we were coming down on that drive to win the game. That I mean, that drive was what we needed to keep it going and get the momentum back. We were going to win that game. If it was not for really some bad play calling right there at the very end, we were going to win that game. So I don't have anything bad to say about our team because our team played amazing. It's really just the coaching staff that, that, let, that let everybody down. But to be honest with you, I'm, I'm still happy with the outcome. I'm proud of the, those guys. I, I think they played awesome. And I think they've showed through five and one, okay? Uh, five, and, five and one, either two and one or three and one in the SEC, whatever it is. You know, this is like the best, the best start that Kentucky's had since like 1950 or something like that. We take our first loss to a great team. You know, I said last week, this A&M team is no slouch. You know, they they might look bad because they're 3 and 2. You look at their record as a 3 and 2 team and say, these guys are these guys are are, are going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, we got to play them on the road and it is an SEC West team. But their two losses are number 1 Alabama and number 3 Clemson. I mean, and they only they and they only lost by 2 points at, to to Clemson. And Clemson got those two points on a last-minute drive to win the game. You know, they had they had Clemson beat, and it was just a, a, a last-minute breakdown cost them the game. You know? I mean, that's a good, that is a great A&M team. That's a good team. So, I mean, we, you, can't, you can't look at that loss and say, wow, guys, we... Maybe we're not who we thought we were. No, we're the same group of guys. We're still a great football team. We're still trying to figure it out and keep the momentum going. You know, we're going in as an underdog to pretty much every single game that we play. And look, we're halfway through the season. It's six games. We got a long way to go. You know what I'm saying? I think we're coming into a bye week this week, which is great because we'll be able to look at this game, look at the film, We'll be able to look at the Florida game, who, by the way, Florida is rolling right now. That that win, that's the thing. The the Florida win, the A and M or the uh, the Florida win, the Mississippi State win, and the A and M loss look great for our record. They look great for who this team is. If you if if you want to think about bowl eligibility right now, six game into the season, the, our our record. And who we've played looks amazing right now. I mean, we're we're in great shape right now. That Florida win looks better and better every single week. Because we beat Florida, Florida smashed Tennessee, Florida smashed Mississippi State, and Florida smashed fucking LSU. And I, I, well, did they win in the swamp? They may have won in the swamp, so I don't know. But anyway, still though, man, I mean, golly, guys, I mean, they've, this team looks looks good if you look at who they've who they've beat, who they've played, and, and even who they lost to. The teams that 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 they the one team that they've lost to looks like a great squad, you know. And the thing is, the them beating us, the Texas A and M beating us, and then looking at who they lost to 
validates them even more and still makes that's this is this is the only time I think that you can say losing to a team helps you because I think that it validates A&M which makes us look even better so I'm not I'm not sad that we lost this game because it was a really hard fought game I think that we showed a lot I think that we showed a lot of potential because the old Kentucky teams, the Kentucky teams of a few years ago, even in the Rich Brooks days, those teams would have gone into College Station, would have went to go see a good SEC West team with a great coach and a great history over the past like almost 10 years or something. A&M has always been a top 25 team. You know, they're always in the conversation. But you go and you, you look at these guys, I mean, we, we would have got blown out by them. I mean, I think that this game, win or lose, was was the last straw to say this Kentucky team's a ride because we can we can we can hang and bang with some really, really tough guys. And again, the way that Florida plays makes us look better and better every single game, every single week. This Florida team makes Kentucky look better. Because we beat them at Florida. And every week they continue to do something great that makes us look better. And I guarantee you, AM is going to use this win against UK as a springboard for the rest of their season. And I, gar- I, I bet that makes Kentucky look even better. Again, this loss, this is like the only time that you can ever say that this loss helps us. This loss makes us look good. It puts the chip on our shoulder, or it keeps the chip on our shoulder, I should say. Our, look at me. It puts the chip on our shoulder. It, again, solidifies our place in the SEC and says, look, we deserve to be here. This, look at how we're playing against good, tough teams. Look, this, our defense is solid. We're a grinded out team. You know, bad play calling at the very end of the game cost us a, a what could have been an amazing win, you know? But we, you sh- we should still be proud of where this team's at right now. Five and one, the season is not over, and our record, our history uh, through the last six games looks great right now. There's nothing to complain about. There's Seriously, there's nothing to complain about. Not with, not with the guys on the field make, making doing the work. Not with those guys. I mean, you want to bitch about somebody, complain to the coaches because they're the, they're the ones that called the wrong play. And they've, I know they've come out and justified it and everything, but it is what it is. But, you know, still, it's, I, I just think that the, the loss itself doesn't surprise me. The way that we lost, the way that we lost doesn't surprise me. I, I think that we're in a, I think that we're in a good place. I think that we still through six games showed a lot in this loss that people can look back on and use that as a, a benchmark, as a grading point. So I don't know. I think that it was a, I think that it was a good weekend for Kentucky football. Uh, a loss always sucks, but as one of my buddies at work likes to say, you know, yeah, losses suck. But they help you. They losses suck, but they help you enjoy the wins that much more. And I think that's that's the thing is it it'll be good fuel. It'll be it'll be good fuel to go out there and win some games. So uh, next on to the um, McGregor and Khabib fight. 
can't totally say that I'm surprised because I feel like I've said the same thing. I've said it at work to people. I've said it at home to, to friends and stuff like that. People that, that pay attention to the fight and, and that have heard, you know, this and that. You know, I can't say that I'm surprised about the outcome because, you know, it, it if it was all to stand up, if it was going to be a boxing match, maybe Connor could have come out with the win. And to be honest with you, I, I don't necessarily know if you can because, I mean, Khabib rocked him with a punch early, you know? I mean, he Khabib clapped him and dropped him, you know what I'm saying? And Connor escaped. He got out of there, and he kept a level head through all that. But, you know, he tapped. He ended up, you know, Khabib got, a hold, got, got him, got him on the ground, got a hold of him, and was going to put him to sleep. And, you know, and he made Connor tap, and it is what it is. I mean, Khabib's a savage. There's no way around it. He's he's right now. There's nobody that you can say is is a, a better uh, overall fighter than him. Certainly not in his weight class. If you want to go to like heavy, say, talk about a heavyweight guy, and say that they're a better fighter than him, I mean, you know, whatever. That's you know a different story. And we're light heavyweight. We're not going to go there. John Jones, DC, you know, whoever the hell. You know, we're not going to go there. But I think that I think that that fight pretty much just proved what we all knew, which was number one, Connor did not prepare enough for that fight. I think that it, a month, two months, whatever it was, was not long enough. I think for a guy that does that was going up against somebody who's you know grappling and ground game is so good I mean you need more time to train for that you need you need more time to know how to defend against that and they he didn't they didn't take it serious enough for him to maybe not even didn't take it serious enough because you want to take it obviously these guys are world-class professional athletes of course they take it serious there just wasn't enough time and Connor says he wants to get back in and do a rematch, whether they will or not, whether Khabib will or not, whether Khabib even can after what happened after the fight, you know, whether they can rematch, that's, you know, a totally different discussion is that you got to have. But, you know, as far as what happened in the fight, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, maybe it, it, I guess it's cool either way because it's, it, because Khabib cements his greatness, you know, 27 and 0. He's, he's fought literally the best guys and smashed them every single time. And, um, it, you know, if Connor had come out there and won, it would have, you know, furthered his greatness to say he comes he can come back out there, you know, after a long time off from MMA and, you know, go in there and, and you know, crush an opponent. But he says he wants to get back to redeem himself. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. You know what I mean? But as far as, you know, what happened after the fight is concerned, I mean, to be honest with you, I really don't think that that's that bad for Khabib. Now, okay, I say that it's really bad for Khabib if he if he gets suspended, if Las Vegas won't come back and won't let him fight again, you know, which I don't think that he will. I don't think the UFC will suspend him for very long, and I don't think that Vegas will hold him off because he, he's worth too much money. Because if the UFC suspends them, they're not going to suspend him forever because it's like a John Jones kind of deal. Granted, he's a first-time offender, and it's nothing like the bullshit that the UFC's had to deal with with John Jones. But, um, 
if he if they do suspend him, it's less money flowing around because Khabib is is he's easily the best. It's no contest, no conversation. He's the best in the game right now in that division. So they need him. They need him for the money because there's nobody else stepping up to the plate right now aside from maybe Connor. That's that can, that's that kind of draw that's going to bring that much money in. And really, it's it's going to take Khabib and Connor again to really bring that kind of money around because there's nobody that Khabib could fight unless somebody's going to step down from another division or somebody's going to uh, you know, somebody's going to come up from another division, another champion to come up and fight him. That's the only way it's going to work out that they could hope to have that much money. So He's worth too much for them to shut down completely. I just, I don't know. It depends on how butthurt everybody is about it. But I think that it helps his image. Maybe bad for his career, but I think the, the events help his image. Because it shows that he's, he, he's a take-no-shit, you know, fuck the rest, I'm here for my friends and my family first kind of guy. And, I mean, I think that speaks volumes. And it's not like I'm saying... Khabib is like that and Connor's not because Connor's always shown that he, he is like that. He's always about friends and family and loyalty first. But, you know, nobody's ever nobody has ever jumped out of the cage and took a fight to the crowd to prove a point like that, you know? And I think that I don't necessarily know. I mean, maybe Khabib shouldn't have took it to the crowd because the whole thing was between him and McGregor because his, you know, defense for why he jumped into the crowd was, you know, Connor talked about my my religion, my country, my, my father, but that means that it's just between you and him then, man. Yeah, the other guys are helping talk shit and they're helping to fuel the fire, but that's what they do. I mean, part of a fighter's camp, a, part of a fighter's group to get them ready is to talk shit with them, to hype them up, to do whatever they can to fuel the fire, to get them that win. That's what their job is, man. Now, whether or not they believed it or not, it doesn't matter. They're doing their job. They're talking shit to join the crowd, to fuel that fire, to keep the rage going, man, to make it interesting. That's what that's what they're there to do. And so I think that he brought up a lot of good points, you can't really blame what what everything that led up to the fight, the press conferences, the shit talking from from the time the fight was announced to when it happened. All that does should not count for what what Khabib did. None of that should count. It should all be based off of the the previous history. What happened at the beginning of the year should have more to do with what happened after the fight than anything else. Because that's the only thing that Connor has done different to Khabib than any other opponent is the stuff that happened at the beginning of the year. That's it. And so, all in all, I think that, you know, obviously it sucks. It looks bad for Connor because he's taken another loss. He's still a great fighter. He's still people a guy. He's still a guy people want to watch and see fight. You know, there's no, no arguments about that. But, I mean, Khabib is, is, right now, he's clearly the best fighter in the world. He's the, he's the guy to beat. He's the man to beat. And, you know, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man, as Ric Flair would say. So, connor has got to get back in there and take that belt back. If he wants to, to be, you know, back king of the hill again, he's got to make it happen. 
And that's hard to do because, you know, Khabib's no joke. He proved it. But all the stuff that happened afterwards, like I said, I think is good for Khabib's image. Possibly bad for his career. It'll, it will at least put a delay on his career. May not hurt him forever, but it's going to at least put a delay on it. So, And then moving on finally to the Steeler game. And I'm not surprised with the way that they won because they played uh, an NFC. I don't know if they're an East or South team just because the divisional breakdown makes no sense to me. But um, I'm not surprised with the way that they, they won because those NFC teams in that area, especially, you know, those, those NFC guys, the, I mean, golly, the, the Falcons and the uh, the Falcons and the Buccaneers and the uh, what do you oh geez the Falcons the Bucks the Saints all those teams that throw for like 500 yards a game and score like 40 points you know that's like Bill Burr you know I listen to his podcast when I can and it's like he was talking about you know. The, the like week one the Buccaneers scored 40 48 points and allowed 40 you know you're not gonna win games that way you're not gonna win you're not gonna win games down the stretch by being a shootout because you're gonna play a team that's better than you that's got a defense even somewhat of a defense and they're gonna they're gonna stop you you know and that's exactly what happened you know Pittsburgh has I I don't have any problem. They're my team. I don't have any problem saying they've got no secondary defense. They just, they don't. You know? From my standpoint, what they should have done during the whole Le'Veon Bell situation is I personally thought you need to trade Le'Veon and you need to get some safeties and maybe a linebacker. You know, like a safety, a linebacker. Trade him. I would. I don't want to trade for draft picks. I want to trade for bodies. I hate trading for draft picks because that basically makes that. That means you're not interested in making any headway on this season. You've got no hope for this season. A team that trades for draft picks and doesn't get a body out of it is not is not looking to make an improvement at that moment. And I don't. I don't like that because that means that they're basically calling this season a wash. You're you're either calling. You're either at a point where you're calling the season a wash and not expecting anything out of it and you're planning for next year or you're in a good enough position to where you feel comfortable with letting somebody go and you're not worried about your team and right now we need a secondary defense so bad I don't I don't I don't think they can afford to do that I don't like them getting a draft pick because that means they're calling the season a wash and that's a bad look I think but regardless of that they're defensive line and the linebackers that they've got are playing great you know TJ Watt is showing up and playing awesome James Conner is showing up playing awesome Juju Antonio Brown were connecting left and right with Ben they I mean they looked great you know as Jeff Saturday said in, in a post game that was the most complete performance that we've seen by by this team without Le'Veon Bell since they've had and since they've had Le'Veon Bell and have had to play without him because he's always out at the beginning of the season. One reason or another, he's always out. And so this has been 
that was, I think, a great showing. And again, I, I think you got to take it with a grain of salt slightly because it was against an NFC team that has zero defense. All of their game is based around passing and scoring. But I think that they played awesome, man. I think that they showed a lot. You know, Ben, of course, Ben is just like, you know, the Terry Wilson conversation with Kentucky. Ben's the same way. I mean, God, I, you know, love him. You know, you love him. You love to hate him, whatever it is. I mean, he's good for a turnover every game, it seems like. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, I can't remember. And maybe it's just because I'm looking at this season, but I mean, he's thrown an interception every single game, you know? And he's thrown at least one. You know, a lot of a lot of the most of the games this year, I think he's thrown more than one interception. I mean, that's terrible, guys. That's awful. But you know, whatever. They came out with the win. He got his INT on a really stupid play that he was trying to salvage. I mean, in all honesty, I think they would have been better off just eating the play and and taking that sack. But he tried to give it up. He thought he had a man, and for what it was worth, I mean, he sort of just you know, threw it out, winged it, you know, and threw it out there. It was actually not a bad pass. He was throwing it at a target, at a a catchable target. The guy, you know, that he was just defending, or the guy that was just defending, I think it was Antonio Brown was who he was trying to offload it to. I just think the guy that was on Antonio Brown just had a, a little bit of an edge on him. Because the ball was a toss-up, I think that I, I don't think it was an interception until they hit the ground. Because I think that they there were four hands on that ball in the air, and they came down with it in the end zone. And that, when as soon as they came down, it was Falcons' ball. That's I mean personally, that's how I see it. But you know, either way, whatever. They played great. They did what they had to do to come out with the win. I'm glad. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but, dude, I'm happy for the Browns, too, man. I mean, right now the Browns and the Steelers have the same record. And it sucks that the Browns beat the Ravens, who just last week on, on Monday Night Football, or was it Sunday night? Uh, I can't remember if it was a Sunday or a Monday night game. I think it was the Monday game. The Ravens smashed the Steelers, and I hate that. Because the Browns coming in and beating them makes it look like, guys, hold on now. Let's watch out for the Browns. They're not playing around this year. But, I mean, we everybody, you should look at the Browns like that. They got a good squad, man. And I can't believe I'm saying I'm happy for another team to win. But, I mean, geez, dude, I'm just happy the Browns are, are catching a break finally. You know, that's, that's all it is. And so I'm just, uh, oh, hang on. I got to see what's up the old security guy here. Morning. How you doing? I'm all right. Can't complain. All right. Sorry about that. Um, Like I said, had to say hello to the old security guard. Let the old gate open. The old bridge keeper. But anyway, what the hell did I drop out of my damn wallet? But anyway, I, um, you know, I just... I'm glad to see them finally start to turn it around because they've got a good team. They deserve it. I think that maybe the Browns have finally made a, the, a right, you know, the right couple of decisions. That, and they're not. I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs. I mean, they very well could. They're two, two, and one. 
it's the same record as the Steelers, and I totally expect the Steelers to go to the playoffs. But, um, you know, I don't necessarily think they're going to make it to the playoffs or anything, but, I mean, I, I think I said at the beginning of the season, I expect this Browns team, based on the way that they played week one against the Steelers, the game ending up in a tie. Granted, Ben threw like five picks that game or something like that. He played a terrible game. But, you know, you when you look at it, I mean, in all honesty, I think that they're I think that they're easily a five or six win team, a hundred percent, one hundred percent. I it would not surprise me one bit. So, I'm I'm happy for them. I'm glad the way they're playing. Obviously, I hope later in the season, when they come to Pittsburgh and play at the, near the end of the year, I hope that it's like a no contest game and we smash them. But as far as the rest of that goes, go out there, man. Be giant killers. I don't care, dude. I hope they play the Pats and beat them. I don't know if they do or not, but I hope they do. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm glad to see them get out there and, and you know, do the work and, and make it make it happen for them. So, all right, guys. Well, that's, um, that's the weekend, really. This went a little bit longer than I would have liked it to, but, you know. It is what it is. I think it was a good talk, and I think I made a lot of valid points personally. Agree or disagree. I'm All in all, I'm, I'm happy with the, uh, with the sporting world this week. Obviously, I would have loved to see my cats take that W down there because then I would have think that, that the win against A&M would have been like, well, they've arrived. I, th- I think, in all honesty, I, I really do think that that would have been it. But hey, you know what? It didn't happen. It is what it is, but it was a great game for them to lose, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I can't be mad about them losing that game at all. They played awesome. So, again, all in all, it was a great week, and uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one.